Good morning and welcome to worship on this Palm Passion Sunday. It is the beginning of Holy Week, a week in which Christians mark and celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord. We are so glad that you are joining us here at Our Savior's Lutheran for Worship this morning. We welcome those who are joining us by our OSL podcast, through our YouTube channel, and those of you who are listening to our radio broadcast this morning. However you have found your way here to, to worship with us this morning, we are glad to have you with us. I remind you that there is a bulletin available for this service on our website that you can download so that you can follow along and participate more fully. You can find that bulletin on our online worship page on our website at oslme.com. In preparation for worship this morning, I invite you to light a candle and also to gather some bread and some wine or juice that we will be using a little later in our service as we celebrate Holy Communion together. We begin our worship on this Palm Sunday with a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. It is the story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, why are you, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. If you were able to pick up a palm at our walkthrough event yesterday, I invite you to hold it in your hand as we pray. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. We praise you, O God, for redeeming the world through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we remember how Jesus entered the holy city in triumph and was proclaimed Messiah and King by those who spread garments and branches along his way. Bless our branches and those who carry them, O God, and bless all near and far who join in our worship this day. Grant us grace, O God, to follow Jesus in the way of the cross, so that joined to his death and resurrection, we enter into life with you. Through Christ our Lord, we pray, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to join us in singing our gathering hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor, hymn number 344, and we will sing verses 1, 3, and 4.
Let us pray. Sovereign God, you have established your rule in the human heart through the servanthood of Jesus Christ. By your spirit, keep us in the joyful procession of those who with their tongues confess Jesus as Lord and with their lives praise him as Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. At this time, we join our Director of Children and Family Ministry, Denise Bick, for a children's message. Good morning and welcome to Palm Sunday. We are 34 days into our 40-day Lenten journey to the cross and resurrection. How are you doing on your Lenten journey? If you found that you've been a little bit neglectful in keeping up with it, I would suggest that you completely focus on it this week on the last days of Jesus's journey to the cross. You see, today Jesus returns to Jerusalem where everyone is there celebrating Passover. He comes in on a donkey and, well, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, let me just read to you the two stories for this week. They come from our World, World Story Bible Turn to page 398 and 406 as I read to you the stories titled, Deserted by All and When Jesus Died. Jesus looked at each of the disciples. You will all desert me, he said. Matthew looked at Peter. Peter looked at James. James turned to look at Judas, but Judas wasn't there. Where did Judas go? Everybody looked at Jesus. I would never desert you, Peter said. Yes, you will, Jesus sighed. Jesus led the disciples to the garden called Gethsemane. The disciples sat on the soft grass in the dark night. They felt drowsy. Stay here, Jesus said to them. I'm going to pray. Stay awake while I'm gone. Wait for me. Jesus walked farther into the garden. He fell to the ground. Father, he prayed. If it is possible, please don't let me suffer, but I will do what must be done. When Jesus returned, all the disciples were asleep. Jesus shook them awake. Couldn't you stay awake with me? Just then, Judas and a crowd of soldiers arrived in the garden. Judas whispered his plan to the soldiers. I will kiss the one you want. He walked up to Jesus and kissed him. The soldiers arrested Jesus. The disciples gasped in fear. Jesus was in trouble. What if soldiers arrested them too? They ran away from the garden. Jesus's disciples all deserted him. Three crosses stood on a hill. Jesus's cross was in the middle. Two criminals were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. There were nails in Jesus's hands and feet holding him to the cross. He wore a crown like a king but it was made of thorns. The soldiers and religious leaders laughed and shouted cruel things at Jesus. Hail the King of the Jews. He's not such a king now. If you're, son, if you're the son of God, save yourself. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus's friends and family knelt by the cross. They cried and prayed. One criminal mocked Jesus. If you're the Messiah, save yourself and us. But the criminal on the other side said, This man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. He then said to Jesus, When you come into your kingdom, remember me. I will always remember you, Jesus said. You will be with me today and forever. Jesus prayed to God. His voice was weak and quiet and tired. Father, into your hands I give my spirit. Then Jesus breathed his last breath and died. Wow, what a roller coaster ride that was. First, Jesus is welcomed like a celebrity when he rode into Jerusalem. Everyone is cheering for him and throwing palms and cloaks down on his path. You see, the news of his miracles and his relationship with God preceded his visit. So when he arrived, the crowds of people went crazy. They were so excited and so happy. Then, how quickly things changed. 
This week's story goes from super happy on Palm Sunday to super sad on Good Friday. But you know, lots of things happened in between those two days. So kids, I'd like to just walk you through what happened this week over 2,000 years ago. Today, Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus returned to Jerusalem, riding in on a colt or a donkey. The next day, along with his disciples, they go to the temple and Jesus drives out all the people who are buying and selling goods in the temple, which makes the chief priests mad. Then Jesus and his disciples go out of the city for the night. Then they return Tuesday and again on Wednesday, and they head back to the temple where the chief priests question Jesus's authority. They ask him, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do them? But Jesus doesn't answer them. Instead, he questions them and they are not able to answer him. Then Jesus speaks to to them all in parables or stories. He tells of the parable of the wicked tenants who ultimately ki kill the son of the landowner who has come to collect the rents. And then he, he answers the question about if people should pay their taxes to the emperor. He ultimately says, give to the emperor things that belong to the emperor and to God the things that are God's. He goes on to tell the parable of the widow's offering. When people would come to the temple to give their offerings in public, along comes a widow who puts in two tiny, tiny coins worth about a penny. Jesus says to his disciples, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who have been contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she has given out of her poverty. Also on Wednesday, Judas goes and approaches the chief priests and scribe, chief priests, excuse me, and offers to betray Jesus to them. For this, he will ultimately be given 30 pieces of silver for this betrayal. Now it's Thursday and it's Thursday evening and Jesus is looking for a place to have a Passover meal with his disciples. It is at this very meal that he has the very first, what we know as the Holy Communion, where he says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That night, he also tells all his disciples that they will all betray him. He says, you will all become deserters for it is written. Now, Peter, being shocked by what Jesus has said, speaks directly to Jesus, adamantly saying, I will not. But Jesus then tells him that truly, I tell you, this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. Peter is shocked. As anyone would be after hearing that, he cannot believe that he would do something so awful. He has been such a faithful follower. Now, after the meal, they all go to a garden where Jesus wants to go pray to God. And he simply asks his disciples to stay awake while he goes and prays. You'd think that that would be a simple enough request, but all three times that Jesus returns, all of the disciples are asleep. He's disappointed in them and says to them, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Really, he's just telling them they are only human, right? Then that night, Judas returns. He returns for the betrayal. He kisses Jesus on his cheek while soldiers are standing by and Jesus is taken away. 
now as the night goes on, people start recognizing the disciples and most of them are fleeing, right? They're running away, which is exactly what Jesus told them they were going to do. That is where Peter is tested, right? Three times he is questioned if he is one of Jesus's disciples. And all three times he denies even knowing Jesus. And then the rooster crows for the second time. And he falls to the ground weeping. For he cannot believe that he denied knowing Jesus out of fear. Now it's Friday morning and Jesus is being questioned by the chief priests and elders and scribes. And they then hand him over to Pilate where he asked Jesus if he's the king of the Jews to which Jesus simply replies, you say that I am. Later, Pilate addresses the crowds, right? Cause it is Passover. There are crowds all over. And you see, it is customary to release one prisoner during Passover, anyone the crowd requests. So you'd think, you'd think they'd requ request to release Jesus. But no, they all call for the release of a known criminal named Barabbas. Pilate asked the crowd then, well, what should he do with Jesus? Seeing as he really had no true reason to have him killed. And the crowd all shouts, crucify him, crucify him. So Pilate washes his hands of Jesus' death and lets him, lets him off to be uh, crucified. The soldiers come and take Jesus away to be crucified. Now, if you're a young person hearing this, it sounds shocking, just shocking. And even if you aren't a little person, it is shocking that something so wrong could actually happen and not be stopped. You remember Jesus knew that this was gonna happen. God told him that he was going to make a way for all of us to go to heaven one day. And this was the way it was going to happen. You see, Jesus dying on that cross made it possible. He took away all of our sins on that Friday. He bore all our pains. It's kind of like pushing you out of the path of a runaway car. You're safe, but the person that pushed you now took the impact. That's Jesus. So it's Friday night and Jesus is on the cross. He's up there between two other criminals. And this is one of my all time favorite passages from the Bible. You see, one of the criminals says to him, if you are the Messiah, as they say you are, save yourself and save us as well. And the other one says, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he turns to Jesus and he says to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replies to him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Then Jesus cries out to God and dies on a cross. Now imagine if you thought that was the end of the story, that if you didn't know that in three days he would be raised from the dead, if you didn't know that there was more, you'd be devastated, wouldn't you? It, it would be an overwhelming sadness, one that would truly make your heart hurt. Well, <laughs> that is where I must end today's message. We go from joyful happiness to heart 
hurting sadness. And now it's time to say a word of prayer so that we can be ready for next Sunday when our hearts will be singing for joy, where we will see that God had a plan all along, just like he does when it comes to us every day. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us with your son, Jesus. Let us all remember that joyful feeling of today, Palm Sunday, when we welcomed Jesus back to us. Let us spend time in thoughtful wor words and deeds this week as we continue on our own Lenten journey. And may you hold us in your arms as we feel your pain this coming Friday. It is in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. We sing together our gospel acclamation, Return to the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, You say so. Then the chief priests accused Jesus of many things. Pilate asked him again, Have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further reply, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, Pilate used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then Pilate answered them, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For Pilate realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again. Then what do you wish me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Pilate asked them, why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you all on this Palm Sunday. Grace and peace to you who march as disciples in a parade of those who follow, the one who saves us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. A parade of people waving branches, singing and shouting Hosanna, marching in hope and in joy for the one who comes in the name of the Lord. What we remember on Palm Sunday, on this entrance for us into Holy Week, is the story of Jesus's entry into Jerusalem. The story of Jesus's last week that leads up to and through the cross. And I like to point out on Palm Sunday that historically on that spring day in the year 30 AD when Jesus entered Jerusalem, there were actually two processions, two parades taking place at the same time entering from opposite ends of the city. If you ever want to dig deeper into the story of Jesus's last week, I have a book recommendation for you aptly named The Last Week by the late Marcus Borg and John Dominic Crossan. 
It is an excellent read, especially during Holy Week, to get a real historical sense of the setting. As Borg and Crossan outline so well, Jesus' last week was the week of Passover, the most sacred week of the Jewish year. Some 200,000 pilgrims were flocking to Jerusalem for this holy occasion. Passover, a celebration, by the way, remembering when God set God's people free from the empire. Passover to the Romans was likely viewed as a dangerous time. Pilate didn't live in Jerusalem, of course. He entered the city with his army because of all of those pilgrims flocking to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Roman forces came in full force too, to maintain control and authority. Two processions, two parades, entering the city at the same time. One parade was a peasant procession, the other an imperial one. One from the east, where Jesus rides a colt down the Mount of Olives, cheered on by his followers. The other on the opposite side of town from the west, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, leading an imperial cavalry and soldiers. Pilate's parade embodied the power and glory and violence of the empire which ruled the world. Jesus' parade embodied compassion and nonviolence, shared power and true justice, especially for those who usually experienced little of either. The contrast is stark. The kingdom of Caesar, the kingdom of God. Just as Jesus' life and ministry emphasized the contrast, so too his entry into Jerusalem contradicts in every way the kingdom, power, corruption of the empire. Jesus rides a colt, not a grand stallion like a king or governor would ride, mocking, challenging, the typical royal military procession. There were no swords or helmets, no weapons or armor, no gold or metal gleaming in the sun like any royal parade would display. Jesus enters Jerusalem with only peasants, waving branches, waving them because he is different. Unlike a king or victor or governor who would demand their homage, unlike the system of power and oppression they knew so well, Jesus embodied justice and mercy, compassion for the left out, the overlooked, the too easily discarded. From the very beginning, Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God. From the very beginning, his birth was the first note of that proclamation. Born in a village to a peasant family of the underclass, traveling as an itinerant preacher, dependent upon the hospitality of others, refusing to take the place of honor, telling his friends to do the same, refusing to sit in the seat of judgment, telling his friends to do the same, forgiving wholeheartedly, telling his friends to do the same, eating with those who were deemed sinners, valuing women and children as more than property, teaching those who were sick or poor or troubled that they were not as many then believed being punished somehow by God, challenging authorities, religious and political, calling them to account when they used their power unjustly, when they overlooked the poor, the sick, the troubled. Jesus stood up to the temple and to the empire, and he would not keep silent even when his life depended upon it. And so he and his friends marched into Jerusalem and all sorts of poor and usually forgotten people joined the parade, lining the streets, singing and shouting, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is how Jesus's last week begins. And every year, this is how we enter into Holy Week. We remember, we reenact Jesus's last week. And every year too, as we journey through Holy Week, we also remember how all of those songs of Hosanna will eventually grow silent. We remember too how some of those songs will even turn into shouts to crucify him. We remember how Jesus' friends will deny him and betray him. Most will desert him and yet. 
we remember ultimately that God's song of love will sing on. We'll sing through the darkness of Good Friday, through Holy Saturday, and into Easter morn. God's song of love will continue. It will continue even when our voices grow silent, even when we stop marching, when we find ourselves scared or lost or hiding, when we succumb to the other parade of empire, of power, of dominance, even then God's song of love will sing on. And what that means for you and for me is pure and utter grace and promise. There is nothing that can silence God's song of love for us. We cannot undo it. We cannot prevent it. We cannot null and void it with our silence or our wandering or with any behavior or lack thereof. We cannot undo God's song of love for us. For Easter, Easter is always God's refrain. And so we remember, we reenact and we ponder this holy week, Jesus's last week. We celebrate the Hosannas, we sing with our lives of faith, and we acknowledge our all too often silence. We recognize ourselves in Jesus' disciples, in those who sing Hosanna and those who cry out, crucify him. We notice our reflections in their bold faith and in their fearful desertion. But most of all, most of all, we notice God in Jesus, whose song of love sings forth for us, for all, whose song of love inspires us to sing once again and to listen more deeply to the songs of faith and love that surround us. I am particularly grateful for the song of a mentor of mine who recently died. His voice, his song has been echoing in my head these last weeks. Pastor Bob Quam was the camp director of Christicon, an ELCA backpacking camp in the mountains of Montana that I've spoken about many times before, where I worked over 25 years ago. Bob served as the camp director of Christicon for 39 years. Bob was a musician who could sing from memory the entire LBW, our old green hymnal, if you remember. Over the course of Bob's 39 years as a camp director, he influenced over 600 college-age staff, many who returned well into their 30s and 40s. He inspired over 100 staff members at Christicon to pursue a calling in ministry. That's a lot of pastors and church leaders over the years. It's pretty staggering how many people he helped shape for ministry in the church. Bob was at heart a theologian. When I was on staff, I think we spent almost four weeks of our only 10-week-long summer schedule in staff training, four weeks in Bible study, in theological conversations, in morning prayer and evening prayer, in worship, and in training to lead those aspects of our life together with campers who would join us in the mountains. Bob lived this sort of monastic life leading early morning prayer in the meadow at 6 a.m. after his earlier morning run, leading singing and devotion time before meals, leading worship or comp line every night around a campfire or in the lodge with hymnals in hand. Bob didn't celebrate his birthday. No, 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 no. Only his baptismal anniversary was celebrated every year. Bob taught me how to perambulate, that is, square dance, and he taught me how to use a broom appropriately. We actually had training about the difference between a push and a pull broom. There were always, of course, challenging moments during a week of new campers. And Bob had this sort of subtle, dry sense of humor in a way that he wove it into his reflections around the campfire as he told the old, old story anew. And with just a look or with this weird sort of hmm sound that he made, his unspoken message was clear to staff and we couldn't help but smile. There were so many Bob traditions. After 39 years, you would expect no less. One of which was the very clothes that he wore. Someone somewhere along the line started making him these quilted shirts. They literally looked like a quilt in the shape of a shirt. 
This became his summer attire. His influence on me and on my husband is deep and lasting. I love this picture of our staff, especially, and his expression is just priceless. But what I'm most grateful for, I think, what I'm most grateful for is how he embodied this sense of our connectedness as the whole church. Camp life for Bob was not a separate, disengaged experience of life in the church. Rather, it was this sort of concentrated experience of the church that should draw you deeper into the life and faith of your church back home and to the greater church in the world. At Christicon, we sang hymns and celebrated morning prayer and compline. We worshiped with the same words that we use every Sunday morning so that in returning home, one's faith life and church life would be enriched, deepened. I am so grateful to have marched in the parade of faith alongside Bob, and I honor him today in the hopes that you will think about those whom you've had the privilege to march alongside too, those whose songs of faith have shaped you, those who've echoed God's song of love for you through all the little and big deaths and hurts and losses we face in this life, those who have reminded you of God's song of love, God's song of love that sings on through Good Friday, through the cross, from death to life, as Pastor Sarah reminded us last week, from death to life, calling us forward to march once again. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Amen. We sing together our hymn of the day, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross, hymn number 335, and we sing verses 1 through 3. Relying on the promises of God, we pray boldly for the church, the world, and all in need. After each petition, we sing together, O Lord, hear my prayer, hymn number 751.
holy God, in Jesus you came among us as a suffering servant. Give your church humility, redeem your people from pride and the certainty that we always know your will. Heal us and empower us to confess Christ crucified. Creator God, life springs from death. Redeem your creation awaiting resurrection. Restore lost habitats and endangered species. Create new possibilities for areas affected by climate change. Grant relief from natural disasters and nurture new growth. We pray to the Lord. God, Jesus was handed over the, to the powers of this world. In all nations, instruct the powerful that they would not exploit their power, but maintain justice. Sustain soldiers and guide those who command them, that they serve those in greatest need. Accompanying God, on the cross, Jesus joined all who feel forsaken. Abide with those who are condemned to death. Defend those who are falsely accused. Console and strengthen those who are the victims of violence, especially the victims of gun violence in Boulder, Colorado, and Atlanta, Georgia. Walk alongside all who suffer, especially Tim Lutz, Susie Geralimo, Carol May, Deb Johnson, and Rosemary Achenbach, Linda Otto's mother. Grant them all respite and renewal. Comfort those who grieve, especially the families of Lola Thompson, Violet Solsa, and Thor Bolstead. May all who mourn be filled with your peace and love. We pray to the Lord. Sustain hospice workers and funeral directors. Bless this congregation's ministries at times of death, those who plan and lead funerals, those who prepare meals, and all who offer support in grief. Faithful God, you inspired the centurion to confess Jesus as your son. We praise you for the faith you have given to people of all places and times. Give us also such faith to trust the promises of baptism and with them to look for the resurrection of the dead as we entrust ourselves and all our prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray to the Lord. of the Lord be with you always and also with you I invite you to share a sign of peace with those you are gathered with as we send our greetings to you and as we greet one another here 
Peace be with you. I want to say thank you again for your continued generosity and for all of the ways that you have been so generous in supporting the good work here at Our Savior's Lutheran Church and in our community as we continue to walk and follow in the ways of Jesus and continue the ministry that he began. We are so grateful for that support. It is vital to our ability to continue to do what we do. We invite you to send your offering here to OSL, to our church office, or to use our online giving option that you can find on our website at oslme.com. If you have not yet gathered bread or, and wine or juice to celebrate Holy Communion, now would be the time to do that as we sing together our offertory, Create in Me a Clean Heart. Hymn number 188. Let us pray. Faithful God, you walk beside us in desert places and you meet us in our hunger with bread from heaven. Accompany us in this meal that we may pass over from death to life with Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In that night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. On this Palm Sunday, as we prepare to enter this holy week, we do so fed for the journey in this meal, fed with the promises of God, love, acceptance, grace, and forgiveness. We walk through Holy Week, through Good Friday, into Easter morn, from death to new life. Receive these gifts. The body of Christ is given for you. The blood of Christ is shed for you. As you receive these gifts, this meal, this morning we hear um, special music from a quartet of members of our congregation.
Thank you, Lauren, Nathan, Soren, and Merlin for that gift of special music this morning. The body and blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. God of steadfast love at this table, you gather your people into one body for the sake of the world. Send us in the power of your spirit that our lives might bear witness to the love that has made us new in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. As you go forth now into the rest of this Sabbath day that the Lord has created for you, go with this blessing. You are what God made you to be, created in Christ Jesus for good works, chosen as holy and beloved, freed to serve your neighbor. God bless you, that you may be a blessing in the name of the holy and life-giving Trinity. Amen. I want to take just a moment now to share a couple of updates and announcements with you, the ministers of OSL. First, a word of thanks on behalf of MUAL for all of the support that you have provided to Stepping Stones and an encouragement to continue that support as our Lenten journey comes to an end. We are mindful that during this past year in particular, the pandemic has um, created additional economic hardships for folks and made some of those problems worse, including the issue of homelessness. Stepping Stones has been tireless in their efforts to find good ways and safe ways to support that homeless population by providing um, hotel rooms here in local hotels. And we here at Our Saviors um, have uh, been asked to um, support that work by donating directly to Stepping Stones um, to support that ministry. I remind you that an average cost for a hotel room is about $70, and so we encourage you to think about um, donating $70 or a portion of a night stay or maybe a couple of nights stay um, for those who are in need. You can make those uh, donations directly to Stepping Stones and just put shelter in the memo line, and that will ensure that those monies are directed um, in the right way. As we enter now into Holy Week, I want to let you know of our upcoming schedule. Um, on Thursday of this week, April 1st, we will gather via Zoom at 6.30 p.m. The link uh, to that Zoom worship will be right on the front page of our website. Um, you'll be invited to join us. We will be celebrating Holy Communion, so I invite you to have some bread and wine and juice available for that service as well. We will have a Good Friday worship service available, um, pre-recorded and available on our YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Good Friday, which is April 2nd. And then um, Easter Sunday morning, April 4th, worship will be available on YouTube at 7 a.m., um, and as a podcast, um, and also through our radio broadcast at its normal time of 1040. Finally, I remind you that if you have any questions or concerns, or if you wish to speak with one of your pastors, a parish nurse, or any member of our staff, we are here for you, and you can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. As we go forth now into this holy week, we do so as we sing our ascending hymn, Go to Dark Gethsemane. It's hymn number 347, and we sing verses 1 through 3.
Go now in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.